0: Hi, and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. My name is Shane McMahon, and I'm your host. This is a podcast dedicated to my experiences in karate. I started karate as soon as I could walk. My parents owned a full-time dojo, so I literally grew up in the dojo as our house was on top. I've lived and breathed karate my whole life, and I've trained with some really amazing sensei, competed for my country, and have learned so much about the evolution and history of karate, and I'm here to share my experiences and learn. Enjoy. G'day guys, and welcome back to Karate Over Coffee. I'm Shane McMahon, your host, and we are back for 2022. This is our first podcast for 2022. So I thought we'd talk about, and when I want to say we, I mean me really, but um, last night in one of our in one of our classes, one of the adults asked a, a fantastic question. We were practicing the Kata Rohai, and if you're not sure what Rohai is, it, it's um, it's a Tomari-based cutter, but in the last movement, last two movements is stepping back doing a shoot UK, okay, say a knife head block or a sword arm block, however you want to call it. And his question was, why are we practice, why do we move back into a defensive movement without doing an offensive movement after? Why aren't we countering? So we just started talking about the difference in cutter. So I thought I would I would use that opportunity to, to talk about how we look at how we look at cutter and the, the four elements i've had spoken about it previously this but today i'm going to run through how we really pull apart the cutter and, and the four elements that, that we look at when when deciphering cutter because from face value cutter looks looks like one thing but it, it could be could be totally different and, and we look at it as uh, you know having a, a couple of layers on, on the cutter as well um so let's 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 dive straight into it. So, when I look at when we look at the kata movements, we look at look, uh, kata elements. We look at four, having four different elements in the kata. I love that word elements all of a sudden. But um, so the first one is connective movements or pattern, what the shape of the kata looks like. The second part is a physical exercise, stronger bodies, fitter bodies, those sorts of things. The third part is that kiyonwaza, the the repeated practice of, of the fundamental techniques and application, bunkai, however you want to refer to it as you know, the, the offensive and defensive moves against being grabbed, punched, headbutted, butted um, or in a combat sense. So let's go into the first part, the connective movements or the pattern of the cutter. What the, what the shape of the cutter looks like. Uh, so w- when we start and finish on the same sense spot it, it is a part of that. Uh, in a lot of cut the movements start and finish roughly around the same the same spot. Uh, it it makes sense, it's nice and neat, it's a it's a nice little package. It's a great way to practice a series of movements. It would be odd, strange to to start in one area and finish in another area. Um, it sort of goes against a lot of a lot of principles for, for movement. So you want to start and end up at the same spot. Um, so kata has obviously been altered and, and movements have been added and subtracted uh, to, in, to ensure the techniques finish at the same, the same space. Um, if you look at the kata, the Shotokan kata chinteng, uh for example, in some versions of, of the kata you do three bunny hop movements. So you do a, a, a punch and then you, you do three bunny hop movements Backwards, Uh, some you do to the left and then you move backwards. Um, Just a side note, when I was practicing that move, they they cut that, all yeah, I don't know, 20 20 odd years ago, one sensei told us, uh, the reason that you do the bunny hops moving backwards is you are jumping over dead bodies. (laughs) I know, it's so crazy. Or you are jumping over broken glass. Obviously, that's ridiculous. Uh, so when you look when you when you take into when you look at it as a start and end move, you are so far in front of where cut the cutter finishes, so it wouldn't make sense to move back. And in this particular movement, they did some jumping movements to get back. Um, in fact, in WKF style competitions and maybe others, I'm not sure. I haven't really done anything other than WKF style. Um, is you, you used to get penalised if you didn't end up up back on the very set on the same spot or within a, a certain amount of uh, maybe a meter, a square meter or something. Um, so, you definitely definitely would have seen instructors alter their that kata, the competition kata, to get back to, the, to that spot. You know, like if the person is um, very wide in their kibbudach or shikbudach, for example. They may have added a little half step to get back. Those sorts of things would have would have been have, would have been added. So it makes sense that the originators of the kata um, would have ha- would have taken a similar taken a similar approach. Maybe not in a competition style sense, but, but definitely in a way way to to nice and neat movement. Um, so you also have the different angles in kata, Um, So in a 45 degree angle instead of a 90 degree angle, um, why, why 45, why not a 90, the reason could be very simple in in the fact that when the originators were creating the cutter, they had a a certain small, small area, or if they had a couple of people training in a small area, they had to alter the cutter to make sure that everybody could train at the same time, or it it could, it could be something as as easy as that. I don't think it was, here's a big hint as well. I don't think it was because when the, when the originators were, were practicing and, and, and creating the kata, they certainly weren't under a moonlight in the middle of a paddock or in a graveyard practicing kata. It's definitely, I've heard that many times, but that's definitely not, that, that is fake news. Fake news. Um, I mean, Another part of, of this element is three movements moving forward and three movements moving backwards. Why? why? Why is it two on the left and one on the right, or why is it two on the right and one on the left? In a lot of kata, the, it's not an even and even amount of uh, techniques. It's not two on the left and two on the right. It, it's really strange, it, especially in the pinan kata. It's, it's usually two left and one and one right two left movements, but then when you look at a kata like uh, Kusenku, uh, the unique movements of the kata so you've got the, the high, if, if you're on video, excellent, if not, um, try, I will try to do my best to make it, to make it uh, uh, so you can picture it in your head, but in the Kusenku, any of the Kusenku kata or kusanku, course open kanku, it is a, like a left rising open hand block and a right Right hand lower block that goes from, from down to up, and then we do a kick. Then you turn around into a like you, you turn 180 degrees and do a lower block with your left hand and a high block with the right hand, and then like a tetsu type movement. The left hand comes up and then we strike out with the with the left hand. Like in that cutter, you only ever practice it on that on that on that cutter. You only ever practice it on the on that side of the body. You don't practice it on both sides. Why, why? I, I don't know. Um, it can be really, really confusing, especially, um, especially if you're trying to decipher decipher a kata. Um, one thing that, uh, well, one thing that I like that we that we practice is practicing that movement on both sides of the body. Just, just so you, you are being able to practice. You know. Um, on, on both sides, left and, and right. In fact, Kin, Kinjo Hiroshi, which is my, my sensei-sensei, if you're not sure who Kinjo Hiroshi is, jump onto Wikipedia or Google him. He, he's, he, he's, quite, he's quite famous. He's written, written a lot of books. Um, anyway, you, you can have a look at that. But in, he created, in his, uh, in his dojo, in his Pinan Kata, he created a way for you to practice both both sides of the body. So for Pinanidan, for example, or hand shodan, so you turn to the left and do a downward block, and then you move back and do like a tetsui, hammer, fist, and then you step forward and punch, and then you repeat it on the other side, so right hand block, tetsui, oizuki, step so forward and punch, and then you look to the front and you do a downward block, and then you step forward and do, do a jodan uke, or a or upward block, to so do three of those right, left, right. So instead of, so that's where the cutter finishes for for everyone, except one way the heat practices of the cutter is from from that movement. So your right leg is forward, right hand is doing a upward block. You do you stand in the spot, and you do a downward block with that right hand. Then you step forward and do the rising block, upper block, one, two, three. So you finish on the on the left side of the of the body. So that way you're practicing both, both. So you do three upper blocks on the left and three upper blocks on the right, and you get to practice downward block on the left and downward block on the right. He does the same moving backwards when you're doing the punches moving back as well. So down block on the left, three punches, ba ba ba, and then down block on the right, then three punches, bang, bang, bang. So that's a way that, that he's created all, all of the pinankata, all of the all of the pinankata do that, do that. So that way you're practicing on both sides of the body. Now, I don't know if he created that himself or one of his sensei, maybe Ashiro Chojo, or he did, he practiced, uh, originally uh, he practiced karate in the Okinawan school school system. So maybe one of his sensei created it, maybe he created it himself, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, I'll find out though, I'll find out. Um, but yeah, so, so moving forward, so that's, that's why the One way that he practices that that kata, that that movement, you get it on the left and the right. Um, So that's how we look at the the different elements of of kata for for the the pattern. Uh, So, second part is a physical exercise, the building of the stronger and and, and fitter bodies, um, agility, speed, those sorts of things. So, when you look at this element, it's extremely important um, when you are deciphering the movements in the kata as a lot of the cutter are modern, and one purpose was to build stronger bodies for school children. So, and when we say school children, it's not specifically six, seven, eight year olds. At that time, I think that it was more of a middle school, um, 10, 11, 12, 13 um, age. So we're not talking, when I say school children, it's not five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds, it's generally an older 10, 11, 12, 13 age. At age, which is one one purpose was to build them into a stronger stronger person. Um, so when they join the Japanese army, uh, it'd be a smooth transition. Their, their bodies would already be somewhat stronger than those who didn't do karate. Um, at the, the karate of that time. So. Um, the the agile movements found in kata as well, so the turning to the left, 180 degree movements, uh, when you turn into a low stance, they all build agility and footwork. And again, this 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 helps uh, on the battlefield for the Japanese army. Uh, and at that time, you have to you have to take into account what Japan was trying to do at that time. Um, but it also it, it helps the everyday person now as well. Yeah, the, the constant turning, the footwork, uh, pushing forward, weight transfer, all, all of those are certainly elements um, that, that can be practised in kata. Um, also, there's an increase in stamina when you're repeatedly practising physical movements, whether it be the on nido, the, the, the moving forward on, moving up and down, um, or a set pattern of te- techniques, i.e. kata. Uh, so the fitness c- required to complete these movements becomes greater and greater and greater the more times you, you practice. So we, we can take a, the same approach in, in modern times. There aren't, unfortunately, there aren't many who practice at home any longer. Uh, they come to the dojo to train rather than to improve. So in old times, maybe the, well, no, but old times, maybe the training was, was at home and when they come, to the dojo, they come to learn and improve. Now, not, not so much. They come to the dojo for training, um, and that's okay. Um, not not everybody has the time or the commitment, or wants to win the next world champs. If you do, you need to practice at home. You, when you come to the dojo, when you ask questions, when you when you want to improve. That's if if that's if you want to be the best in in your state or your your country or the best in the world. You need to practice at home, you need to train at home. When you come to the dojo is when you do you, the refinement of the kata. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's probably another podcast. Probably I'm not the best person to, to talk about that one. But, um, so yeah, we. So you, you, can use, you can use the kata now to make, make a stronger frame. Your body frame can be stronger. You can improve the agility in your movements, your fitness, stamina. Um, it's just, it's all a matter of practice. So, so the the more you practice, the more you train, the stronger, and fitter, and more agile you will become. So that is, that is one element of kata that we that we look at, and, and one element of kata that that we look at was why the kata was created, the purpose of that. The, the third part is the key on waza, or the repeated practices of, of the cut of the kata movements. Um, well, yeah, I mean it's a no brainer. But obviously the, the movements found in Kata are exactly that. Fundamental techniques, movements, principles, concepts that are taught through Kihon, through through the, the Kihon movements, the fundamental techniques. You know? The difference is instead of repeatedly practicing 37 drawdown uke or upper blocks moving forward and backwards, you get to practice movements Usually a combination of offensive and defensive techniques and movements in a in a set pattern. One example is, and we'll we'll stay, we'll stay with kusenku. Um, for those who are playing at home, uh, is a practice of a shituke or knife knife arm block. Uh, we see in kusenku, it's right, in kusenku, we do four knife arm blocks after each other. So we go to the left and do a the left leg left. Leg. Hand, and then we move into a 45 degree angle and right hand, right leg, and then we repeat on the same uh, repeat the movements on the other side of the body. So you so we use our right hand, right leg, and then left hand, left leg and we step out into a 45 degree angle. So so again what we're practicing there is is the the key honk is the, the fundamental techniques. And in this part it's a 910 block. So you're practicing on the left and you're practicing on the right. It it, it makes sense. So when you if you're at rugby training, for example, you're practicing pass, pass, pass. You're doing passing drills, in and out drills to the left, and, to the left, to the right. Defender coming at you, draw and pass. All all of these. You don't just turn up to a game and, and play. You you have to practice the fundamental techniques and movements. And for us, it's it's the the, the pion. Um, so that, that's where the, the cutter comes in, uh, it's a way for the student to train at home, if they did, if they do, or more specifically, training at the dojo. It's a, it's a way for them to put the movements together, for them to continually practice the fundamental movements, the techniques, principles and the concepts. Quick side note, I don't know when, probably probably post-World War II in Japan, but you see a lot of kihon waza moving, moving up and down the floors of the dojo, and then they train kata. Uh, you just really basically you're practicing the same thing. You're just doubling up. Um, or, and this, this annoys me a lot, is when you see a combination of the inside block, front leg, front kick, transition to, transition to a back, stance knife hand block and then a side thrust kick. Why? The, the kiyo movements are there to be practiced for kata. If you're making up combinations that are not found in kata, just stop. Uh, that's a Michael Hagen um, quote there, but please just just stop. If, if you want to practice a combination of, of kiyomaza then just take a section of, of a cutter that you're practicing or you, your student is practicing or working on for, for different for a belt or competition or just for general practice and repeatedly practice that part. It'll it, it will only improve the kiosk of the of the student. Um, but it'll also improve their kata. Creating a combination just to practice a combination, it, it's seriously it's it's a Serious waste of time, and to me, the instructor clearly doesn't understand karate. Number four, moving on, application or the competitive competitive techniques or self defense movements, i.e., bunkai. And this is this is the most controversial and opinionated uh, element of kata, and, and probably probably one of the most practiced and sought out and thought about and written about and videoed. Uh, so the way we look at the kata is we look at unique sections of kata like the movements in kusanku as i said earlier we have two person drill a kumigata drill to practice the movements this involves an attack a grab hook punch tackle headbutt and then you've got the response to the attack jam or parry or body shift movement when we have a strike Fingers to the eyes, a headbutt, elbow, punch, etc. Then we have a finishing move, a takedown, throw, joint manipulation. So there are four parts. Sometimes, sometimes in the in that movement there is no strike. Sometimes it's just a grapple and finish. So the, the, the four parts that we look at um, in, in this this section um, is, is found in the kata. So the attack, the response to that attack. The, as in you know, like jam or, or block, then we have the re-attack, fingers to the eyes, then we have the finishing move, finishing moves, the you know, takedown throw, what what have you, um, and we definitely do not have a or an application movement for every single movement of kata. It, it goes against the f- the first three elements of the kata: Ie, the pattern, the physical exercise, and the practice of the kiai so for with with that, we have anywhere between sort of four to eight uh Kumigata drills, two person drills dedicated to the cutter that we we're practicing, depending on the on the, cutter. the Kumigata drills can be really basic in nature, um, depending on the cutter, but then can be added, uh, added as the swing gets higher. So so the so you've got the response to the attack from the attacker as well. So then all all of a sudden not only use strike, but you also have to use usually the same hand to defend a- against it, another strike. So what what really grates me, and, and I'm going a little bit um, rogue here. What really grates me is when you see when I see kata and and the bunka the experts pulling apart every single movement of a kata and trying to fit a, a square peg into a, a round help, round hole. Um, so you've got you know, move, movements that that kind of look like the, the part of the kata, but it, it, it's it's obviously it's obviously created by that person. And I'm not saying, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, I mean, normally it's a fantastic self-defense um, movement, you know, the person grabs and you chop down that arm and chop down on their neck and you take down and I, I get that, I, I like that part. However, I don't think that that is the original intention of that movement, Um, and I don't I I don't think it's it's practical or uh, not not practical in that sort of sense. I just don't think I think it's a waste. I think it's a waste of time. It's just too too much too much bunko, too much bunko, too many responses to this, too many responses to that. When really, as a sensei, as an instructor, you're trying to give your students uh, the the best possible uh, movements and techniques, and the best possible karate that you can. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it keep it nice and simple. Um, we we did that in the '90s in the, in the 2000s. You know, we looked at kata because at that time, unlike now, there was no there was no YouTube or um, was VHS tapes or CDs or or what have you, and people writing and um, a, lot of, a lot of the Japanese instructors had no idea what they were doing had no idea what they were teaching anyway because when they learned the kata when they learned that movement they were, they were a kid or 20 or 30 didn't either one didn't tell them or two didn't know themselves and then they started creating creating the, the bouquet or the applications and if you see the WKF type competitions you've got the synchronized kata where you look at like the outer shell like you do it a down block and all of a sudden that's against the kick. So this, that's what the, the Japanese were creating they were just looking at the, the outside of the kata and trying to create a karate versus karate uh, bunkai and it, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it sense on why the kata was first created. It's not karate versus karate or karate versus karate. It is person trying to punch your, punch your face um, and that's, that's reasonable or more specifically, somebody trying to punch the person that you're with, you know, you jump in and stuff like that. And especially if you're looking at the Luriku Kingdom back then. But anyway, um, so, that, so that's how we, how we look at the player's movement. So we've gone away from creating um, 77 possible applications for uh, two-handed movement in um, Kusanku, for example. So we have a, a, a small set of drills where it's one person trying to trying to hurt the other person, hit butt, grab that those sorts of things and we have a response to it. Um, and we use it, the cutter to so look at the unique sections of the of that cutter that aren't found in any other cutter. And then we we have a, a series of set of drills that, that uh, are going through Matani Sensei and through Kinjo sensei um in the in the drills. Anyway. So, let me know what you think. If if you have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, make sure you make sure you subscribe to the Karate Over Coffee, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Karate Over Coffee. And if you're enjoying the podcast and in getting something out of the episodes, there are a few things you can do to help us. If you don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, please do so. We release these episodes every Friday morning Australian time. Plus, we re- release some smaller. Espresso Shots during the week on both our YouTube channel and our Facebook community group. You can also subscribe to us on our Apple or Spotify. Leaving a five-star review will be very beneficial as well. If you have any suggestions or topics or feedback or anything that you want to talk about, please put it in our comment section on our Karate Over Coffee community Facebook group. If you'd like to support us, please visit our online shop where we have official karate over coffee shirts hoodies and mugs available your continued support is appreciated and a vital way for the podcast to keep moving forward thanks guys